92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. I've confronted hundreds of men over two decades. I have been in television for 24 years. I just came to get something to eat. And I have very seldom been at a loss for words. I just came to get something to eat. Men online looking for children to sexually assault. What's the motive here? It's, Explain to me. I'm no, not you're right. No, you're right. It's stupid. It's, it's not. It's an no. illegal thing. Yeah, I know. I did a stupid thing. Men from all walks of life. A doctor, a teacher, a clergyman. You sent pornographic pictures through the mail. Okay, that's a federal offense right there. You know I'm in trouble, and I know I'm in trouble. I tried to get into their heads and understand why. Pizza we have tonight. Uh, I, I want to know who you are. I want to know a little bit more about you first. Now you first. Sure, go ahead. Let's see if any of this sounds familiar while you enjoy your pizza. And ultimately, make sure they face justice. You ask her if she's a virgin. I ask everybody all kinds of stuff. It's just talk. You ask her if she's horny. What's wrong with that? You ask if she does anal. It's a question. Question. Who are they? Have they tried to prey on other children? And where are they now? These are the predators I've caught. I'm Chris Hansen. This past weekend, I went to a conference about human trafficking in Houston, Texas, put on by a really impressive group called Childproof America. And my wife, Gabriel, and I were invited to not only attend, it was a fundraiser, but also to speak as the keynote speaker for a Friday night event, which was the fundraiser. And then on Saturday, there was an all-day conference seminar to talk about human trafficking, predatory behavior, and what we can do in society to protect our children, take it to the next level. Childproof America was founded by Kelly Litvak, whose daughter experienced a few years being trafficked in being preyed upon by some strangers and some people she thought were her friends. And if you want to know more about that organization, you can go to my YouTube channel, have a seat with Chris Hansen, and I have an interview with Kelly Litvak. It's, it's very interesting. It's a very worthwhile group. But during the course of the weekend, and, and one of the reasons why I attend these events is because I always meet somebody who is smarter than I am about this issue about what causes men to prey on children and how do you treat this? Can you treat it? Can some people be treated and fixed and never offend again? And two of the speakers at this conference were therapists, Dr. Stephanie Simmons and Brian Simmons. Brian is a a former police officer and the two of them together have a very impressive practice where they treat sex offenders and predators, that's part of their practice. 
And I spent some time with them, and I'm going to have them on the podcast in the next few weeks because it's really important information. They have a lot to say, and it makes sense to me. Having said all that, it seemed appropriate to take a look at a case where a predator I caught actually thought I was a therapist. That's right, you may remember this. John Wesley Elliott from the Bowling Green, Kentucky investigation. You may remember him by his screen name, Bald Beaver Hunter 42025. That's right, Bald Beaver Hunter. And I'll get into his entire backstory in just a minute here, but when he sits across from me in the living room of this beautiful, huge house in Bowling Green, Kentucky, where we staged the sting operation with the sheriffs and state investigators, very professional team, he actually says to me, you're a therapist, right? And I don't know how he could come up with this, but that's what he thought. He didn't say, are you a police officer, a detective? Are you the girl's dad? He thinks that he walked into a home to have sex with a 12-year-old girl with whom he had been chatting with online for a month, a perverted justice decoy posing as a 12-year-old girl who went by the screen name Dreaming of Fairies. I don't know why somebody would think that, but that's, that's what he thought, in fact. And he got more than just a therapy session. Again, I'll get into that in a minute. John Wesley Elliott was one of seven men who came to our Stinghouse in Bowling Green. He is most memorable, I think, because he was very graphic and he was very determined in his grooming. And I often talk about the three different categories of predators, at least in my experience. And when we have uh, Stephanie and Brian Simmons on, they'll be able to break this down a little better. And I think in a way that will help us all to understand why these guys do this. But I've always thought the three categories were, and you've probably heard me say this before, the heavy hitters, the guys who'd be assaulting children no matter what, no matter when, with or without the internet, the bad little league coach, the scoutmaster, the guy hanging out at the food court at the mall, the younger guys then in another category who are socially inept. They start saying things online they wouldn't say face-to-face. They find someone who's younger, vulnerable, and they go for it. They figure, well, if this works out and we have sex at some point, this will continue. She'll be older, and it's a Romeo and Juliet thing. Ultimately, age will catch up, and it won't be illegal. Then there's this third guy in the middle, and I think John Wesley Elliott represents this one category. It's the guy who's got a predisposition, an attraction towards having sex with an underage boy or girl, but probably wouldn't do it without the internet, without the addictive nature of the internet, the 24-7 access, and the anonymity. Again, it sort of bleeds over into that other opportunist, socially inept category. People say stuff online they wouldn't say face-to-face, and they wouldn't have the opportunity, obviously, in most cases, a guy like Elliot, to speak with a 12-year-old girl. But this happens online, and he gets right into it. 
in the chat with a perverted justice decoy. Now, let me just set the scene here. We've got this big house in Bowling Green. I think it was like 6,000 square feet, giant. And again, perverted justice was doing the online decoy work. The watchdog group with which we worked for a number of years. We had Casey Morrow with us as the on-site decoy. Casey also worked in the New Jersey investigation. She was the daughter of one of the homeowners in that investigation. Superb on-site decoy. Theater, dance major, looked much younger than she was. And we still keep in contact to this day. In fact, she was on this podcast several months ago from Bali, where she's working. So we're in the house, and by TCAP standards, it wasn't the busiest investigation, but it had some of the most memorable characters. This is the same investigation where Lorne Armstrong surfaced, and he'll be the topic of a future podcast, I promise. I know people have been asking about it. But here comes John Wesley Elliott. Now, immediately, you can imagine the reaction from the decoys online, the PJ decoys online. When this guy's got a screen name, Bald Beaver Hunter 42025, and he's in Kentucky, a couple hours away, and he jumps right in. Let me give you a sample of the chat logs. It starts like most chats do, Bald Beaver Hunter 42025, hi. Far Western Kentucky here. Jumina Ferries says hi is. 12, Kentucky, female. So right off the top, she says 12 years old. Now, later in this podcast, you'll hear some references to the decoy being 13, and that was a a bit of confusion. But you'll hear the detective in the interview of Elliot reference 13, and then she goes back and corrects herself as 12. But, But the decoy makes it clear 12. Doesn't even blink in the conversation says, not much going on at all. So what are you up to on a Friday night, girl? Being bored, she says. Yeah, I know how that is. What's up, she says. Yeah, never hardly is anything to do around here, says Elliot. Now he's 39, remember that. And married, no kids. You don't have hobbies, says the decoy. LOL, well, kind of one I can talk about is computers. The other is secret, LOL. So if it's secret, then why are you going to mention it? This is, again, the beginning of the grooming process. Secret why, she says. Well, let me put it this way. It's offensive to some people on here, LOL. So he's tried this before. She says, I don't offend easy. That is silly. LOL. How about yourself, he asks. You have hobbies? Yeah, love to draw and read. So again, this is consistent with what a 12-year-old girl would say. You must draw fairies, he says. Yep, how did you know? Ha ha, by your name on here, genius. Oh yeah, she says, lol. You're cute, he says, again, grooming. Um, how you know, she asks. Just by your answer, I can tell. Well, thanks, she says, you're welcome. What do you dream about besides fairies? Harry Potter? Cool. Now, he uses K-E-W-L here, which is lingo that younger people would use. Again, not typically associated with a 39-year-old. He is the coolest, she says. 
I bet, girl. Wish I could do magic like that, too. That would be awesome. You must have your own computer there at your house, he asks, again, starting to probe as to whether or not adults might be around. She is going to tell him, ultimately, that her dad travels and her mom isn't always there, and so she has a lot of free time. He also explains that he's got his own computer in a private place. And then he's back to the magic. Just think, if you could do magic like that, what is the first thing you would do? Dreaming of fairies, wave my wand and be in France. Cool, France, he says. What would you do in France? Visit my best friend forever, BFF. She moved there. Oh, okay. I miss her really bad, she says. Sorry, girl, I bet you do. You got a BFF, she asks. Nope, sure don't. Well, that's sad. He says he works in a factory making plastic parts for motors. The factory actually is involved in door manufacturing, we learned later. Then they talk about hobbies, and she asks, what kind of stuff do you like to do besides talk on here? Here he comes. Take pictures of myself with my digital camera, watch movies. Oh, way cool. You got pics? Yes, but I can't show you some of them. All right, here's where he starts to talk about why. Well, nude shots, you know. That's my other hobby. You can say that's why I didn't want to say. Your other hobby is taking pics of yourself nude? Yeah, but I'm doing stuff nude, you know. Playing. What do you mean playing, she asks. Playing with myself. Here we go. I don't have a girl, so that's what I do to get by. Now, remember, he's married. He will later discuss in the police interrogation that he's somewhat estranged physically from his wife. Apparently, they had a pregnancy together, and there was a uh, miscarriage or stillbirth, which is horribly sad, right? But, again, no justification for grooming and trying to assault a child. He gets into further detail. Says he masturbates. You know, I'm a little embarrassed here, he says. LOL. Well, not as embarrassed as me because I don't know what that word means. Should I? Now, she's being very clear that she's not only 12, right? But she is playing the role of being somebody who doesn't know what masturbation is. Just to drive the point home that this isn't any kind of role playing. I guess not, girl. I'm sorry. You're probably not at the age where you think about stuff like that. Again, another reference to her being underage. So what does it mean, she asks. Well, I play with myself to a point to where I tickle it so bad it wiggles, then squirts out this juice that is not pee. Come on. As wholly inappropriate as that is, even in a conversation between adults, it's clear that he's trying to talk about photographing himself masturbating in a way that would appeal to a child. That is the very definition of grooming. And that's what a predator does. And there will be a couple moments in this whole investigation of John Wesley Elliott where you might feel a little bit sorry for this guy because he's, you know, not the brightest fellow. He's got a bad relationship. But at the end of the day, he was going to rape a 12-year-old girl. She continues, um, play with what? I feel so stupid. My penis, he says. It's okay. The girl says, oh... And you take pictures of yourself doing that? Yes, LOL. Well, that's cool, she says. So she keeps the door open to this grooming. I take them, then look at them later. 
Silly, I know. But I'm alone, and that's what I do. For me, it's fun to do. Feels so hard to actually explain. Sorry to gross you out. You're not grossing me out. Okay, just making sure. Again, probing, grooming, and he continues. When you get older, you will want to play with yourself like that. I don't got one of those. Oh, I know, LOA, I mean as a girl, you will do girl stuff. So now he's going to counsel her. Then he wants to make sure that she's not being observed by any adults. You promise you're on your computer and you are private where no one sees you, she says. Dad is traveling again and Mom is in a room. Okay. I can show you some pics if you want to see them. Okay, she says. Hope you're okay with them. Wow, that you? Yes, that's me, he says. I can almost see your face in the last one. Yep, LOL. You got one I can see your face better? Yes. Cool, she says. There you go, he sends it. So now they're actively exchanging pictures. And he will go on to talk about wanting to perform oral sex on her. Later, he will say that he didn't think it was as bad as actually having intercourse, but it's the rape of a child. He goes on to say, I made a video of me playing. That's how I got the pics. Cool, she says. Hope it didn't freak you out seeing those last two. Nah, just never seen anything like that before. Then he's going to explain, that's the juice that makes babies. That's the juice that makes babies? Really, she says? Cool. Yes. When I play with myself, I make that stuff come out. Again, he's talking about a sexual act, dumbing it down, and trying to make it acceptable to a child. He has to take a call. He says his parents are checking on him. Remember, he's 39. Then he says, just hope I haven't made you sick or anything, LOL, with my weird hobbies. Why would that make me sick? LOL, he says. Well, some girls just don't understand. Yeah, how about some 12-year-old girls you shouldn't be talking to? Then he wants some pictures of the girl. She says she doesn't have a camera on her computer. And then he's back into the sex talk. Do you think of guys nude any? Just curious here. Never thought about it before, she says. Okay, just wondering. Hey, I got a pic I could email you, she says. It's one my dad took. Okay. What's your email? He gives her the email. Also happens to be bald beaver hunter at Yahoo. Yes, wow, girl, you are very good looking, he says. Thank you, you're welcome. Wish you had your own camera, LOL. Yeah, I wonder why. You know, you could set it up with a self-timer. Take it as you get out of the shower, LOL. I'm awful. So he's, again, moving along, sort of tipping his hat to the fact that this is wholly inappropriate, illegal, and wrong, but he's going to do it anyway. Again, that middle category of guys who have a predisposition towards sex with a child who wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for the internet. And here he is. You're talking to me like a grown woman. You seem so very together. I guess it's because I'm an only child. Mom and Dad never took to talking to me like a baby, I don't think. He even tries to sound paternal. If you ever have any questions about a man's body, just ask me and I will try to answer them for you as best I can. You're sweet. You are too, girl. I just don't want to make you feel weird about all this stuff. I just wish I wasn't horny. Just a nude guy at home in front of a computer, so sad. Oh, now he wants sympathy from a 12-year-old girl. 
You need to try typing on here in the nude sometime. Oh, I couldn't do that with mom or dad here. I mean late at night when they are asleep. Again, trying to separate the child from the parents. I in school most of the time and have to get to bed early. Well, on Friday nights, he says. Mom here right now. Is your computer in your room? He asks. Nope. Okay. Now, again, the advice to parents with children of a certain age, keep the computer in a common area. And this is why people say that. You need a laptop one day, he suggests, so she can take it wherever she goes. Yeah, maybe by the time I'm in college. You might be able to get one before then. God, he's really working it here. They're getting better on prices. Would be cool if I could. Oh, heck yes. Would love to see you on cam if it had one. Be so pretty, he says. As the days go by, bald beaver hunter tells the girl he's actually masturbating when he's talking to her at the same time. I give anything to meet you and do stuff like that, but goodness, girl, you would freak out. Just a kid, I don't freak peeps out. I know you're very pretty, I'm just fantasizing over you, he says. You were asking me about what I was daydreaming about. Well, that's that's it. You nude and me licking you between your legs. All right, here's the oral sex part of it. You know, stuff like that. Wow, really, she says? Heck yes, be taking a shower with you, and as the water runs down that beautiful body of yours, I'd be licking the water beads right off your woohoo. I didn't know peeps did that. Yep, makes a girl feel good down there when she is licked on the inside of her lips down there. Really, she says, yep, never had that done before. It's really good feeling, tastes good too. Well, for a guy it does. If I was doing that with you... I would probably squirt out baby juice because of being so excited. But you're not going to do it, so no problem, she says. Oh, I wish I could. Now he goes back and forth. He pretends to have a conscience for a minute that maybe this is wrong to do with somebody who's 12. But he stays in the game here. He stays in the conversation. And he continues to become more graphic. I'm nude all the time here when I talk to you, and I think bad thoughts when I see you, like wanting to lick your private parts, stuff like that. He won't let it go. He could have walked away at any time, right? And maybe he could have still faced some criminal exposure because of this online solicitation, but he didn't have to show up. Yet he did, and he continues the sex talk. So finally, after a month of this absurdly graphic chat between bald beaver hunter who is remember 39 and a girl who says she's 12 he says well you would still be a virgin I would have to insert my penis in order for you to not be a virgin anymore obsessed he is with this oral sex on a girl there's talk of perhaps having intercourse but he says then I wouldn't want to do that to you girl I'm way too thick for your young body my penis is two inches in thick I suppose he means in thickness. That would hurt, and I'm not into hurting, he says. Sex is meant to feel good and relaxing. What a guy. Ultimately, he decides to make the trip. After all this sex talk, after all this grooming, knowing very well this girl is 12. And so he starts the two-hour journey from where he lives in Kentucky to Bowling Green, our sting house. More about this predator I've caught in a moment. And along the way, he actually calls and talks to 
the decoy. And we have that recording. It's quite something. Take a listen. Yeah, hello? Hello? I got to tell you, I am nervous. I'm just nervous as heck. Oh, why are you nervous? I don't know. I just am. I just am. (laughs) I've never done anything like this. I've never done anything like this. Oh, you're so sweet, though. You know, I'm just really excited that you're coming. <laughs> I have never done anything like this. I keep thinking to myself, this is crazy, this is crazy. Oh, it's crazy, all right, that he masturbated online while he was communicating with a 12-year-old girl. And now he's coming to visit this 12-year-old girl with the intent to have oral sex with her. And he will, throughout this conversation, feign some sort of nervousness or guilt or some sense of conscience that this was wrong. But he keeps driving. Are you still excited? Yes, I'm excited, but I'm I'm scared and nervous at the same time. Why? I'm a little scared, too, because I don't know if you'll like me or not. (laughs) I know. That's what I'm afraid of. I think that's why I'm scared. What? That I won't like you? Yeah, I mean, you know... No, it's not true. I'm afraid you don't like me. <laughs> I've never been popular with the girls. Really? That's the reason. You're so, I, huh? You're the... I don't understand why. That's the reason why I can't understand why you like me. I'm just flabbergasted. Oh, I don't get what people... You don't think like you're good with girls. Like, you're so sweet. I don't know. Well, I, they never got to know me or anything, so... Now, he says he's never actually met someone before, never done this before. Met somebody online and then met them actually in person. We don't know, and he's never suggested otherwise that he has, but we do know that he was headed this way. And we do know that after this conversation, he shows up. John Wesley Elliott shows up at our stinghouse. It's nighttime. He parks his car... And he walks up the driveway towards the front door where Casey Morrow is waiting to greet him. You can hear that he's somewhat nervous, but also very excited. Hey! Come on in. I'm just watching some TV. Come sit down. By the time he gets past the kitchen and into the living room area where we have two Lazy Boy chairs set up for the conversation between the predator and the on-site decoy Casey and then ultimately the confrontation with me he's gotta go to the bathroom bed and he says I gotta pee now he wants to you know go use the restroom which presents an issue because if he did go in there and barricade himself that's a problem and and we kind of got the sense that he wasn't suspicious this was a sting so Casey said yeah it's right over there so he uses it And he comes out and he's relaxed. And he sits down in the chair and Casey's standing behind the other chair. And he is just blown away by how attractive Casey is. Take a listen. Gosh, you're pretty. Thank you. So what are your plans or what are you thinking? Kissing you. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know how we talk on the internet. What we talked about on the internet, remember, that was oral sex with a 12-year-old girl. 
During the online chat, he says, I would give anything for one night with a girl like you. Well, he's about to pay a pretty steep price. He gets nervous during the conversation with Casey, and at some point, very quickly, I get the sense that it's time for me to come out and start the interrogation. Casey asks specifically about the photo he sent, which really was child pornography, of a man performing oral sex on a girl Elliot seemed to think was 14. And when she presses him before I come out, he gets hesitant, suspicious, almost as if he's starting to figure out, wow, what I've done here is really, really bad, and I've committed to it. Oh, that picture you sent me with the 14-year-old girl? Was she really 14? I don't know. I just found it off of a guy off the internet when we were talking. Is that like what you wanted to do? That's what I want to do, but I can't, I just, there's something in me that just, I just, it's not right, you know, and it's really bothering me. And then I walk in and specifically ask him why he's having second thoughts now when he seems so confident about what he wanted to do in his online chat. You seem pretty confident on the internet in terms of what you wanted to do. What was your plan tonight? Actually, I wasn't really going to be doing anything because I was already getting too scared and nervous about it. Now, why were you getting so scared and nervous? Well, I just knew it wasn't right. But that's not how you made it sound on online. Then I ask him about the photos he sent to someone he thought was a 12-year-old girl of him masturbating. He seems to indicate his life is not going well, and that was some sort of justification. Why'd you do it? Well, just everything in my life is just it's all screwed up. I've got a bad job. My marriage is not good. Did you bring any condoms? No, I wasn't going to do anything like that. Yeah, what were you going to do? It was just oral. Just oral? Well, I didn't think it was that bad on oral. She told you she was 12 years old? Yeah. And you came over here planning to have oral sex with a 12-year-old girl? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to deny it. I mean, it's... Yeah, I did. He pretty much confesses. Right there, from his lazy boy chair to mine. And then I'm curious about this screen name of his, Bald Beaver Hunter. So I ask him directly. <laughs> you think this is funny? No. It's a big joke. No, Don't no. Come over here to have sex with a 12-year-old girl, and this big, big old joke to you. No, no. What I'm getting at is, this is the very first time this has ever happened. I've never met. It's the first time you got caught, maybe. No. Right. So what made you no, decide... No all of a sudden to do it now i mean you've been chatting with this girl for a month it just i've had that fantasy in the back of my head fantasy about being with a young girl a young girl he thinks the screen name's funny and maybe it would be to some folks if it didn't involve raping a child and i continue to ask him questions in a very serious tone it's almost like he wants me to laugh along with him but i'm not going to do that and i say what do you think should happen to you and he says, sent to an island. Yes. Well, what do you think should happen to you? Sent to an island? <laughs> sent to an island. <laughs> exile? Think, exile an island. You still think this is all No, funny? I don't know why you so ask you're, me you're, stuff like this. I mean, well, why do you think I'm curious about all this? I can tell you're a therapist. I know. I mean, I just, You think I'm a therapist? Yeah, by the way, you're... So you're you close. think that you came over here to meet this girl and magically a therapist sat down to help you through your problem? That's right. He thinks I'm a therapist. I mentioned this at the beginning of this episode. 
how do you come up with that? I could tell by the way you're talking, and then, of course, I tell him who I really am, and it's over. You ever watch television? No, sir. Uh, well, there's something I got to tell you. I'm Chris Hansen. Okay. And we're doing a story on adults who try to meet young teenagers online for sex. Okay. It's called To Catch a Predator. So if there's anything else that you'd like to tell us about your situation, we'd like to hear it. You know, I love my wife, and I know what that looks like. That's right. He actually says, I love my wife, and admits that he needs to see a psychiatrist. Well, boy, there's a headline. He walks out. Sheriff's office, hands up, hands up. Hands out, hands out. And is taken into custody and down to police headquarters to be booked and questioned by a detective. Elliot sits down with Detective Catherine Reed, who does a masterful job, actually, and gets pretty close to getting inside his mind and getting him to explain this fantasy. And it's pretty compelling to hear him, although he's not being totally honest. He's just trying to get through the the uncomfortable moment. But we do get a feeling for what goes on inside the mind of a predator like this. So you started chatting. But I wouldn't look for a young girl when I made that name, no. No? No, I promise not that time. I mean, I've had that fantasy, but I wouldn't look for a young girl at that time. And she told you she was 13? Yeah. So, tell me about this fantasy. Were you playing it out in your chats? Yeah. Well, yeah. The detective tries to figure out where he obtained this child porn, which is obviously illegal. So where'd you find the child porn? All the people off the rooms. In um, adult rooms. And then she tries to get in his mind a little further to try to figure out why, in spite of knowing what he was going to do was wrong and illegal, he wanted to fulfill this fantasy of having sex with a child. So you knew it was wrong when you came here. But you came anyway. Because this fantasy just took over and, wow, I'm going to get to live out this fantasy that I had. Yeah. So what was it about it? The fantasy. Tell me about the fantasy. What was it? Just being able to have oral sex with it. And then the detective sort of takes the role of Elliot's wife in terms of trying to get him to explain his behavior. What would he tell his wife? How would she react if she found child porn on the computer? He explains that they have separate computers, but seems to understand what she's getting at. So... Were you the only one with access to the computer? Mm. And it was upstairs? Mm. Okay. Mm. I'd hate to think your wife would get on there. Yeah, yeah, it is. And fighting that child pornography. I'd have a seizure if I found child pornography on (laughs) that computer at home. Mm. Ultimately, John Wesley Elliott, bald beaver hunter 42025, was found guilty 
and sentenced to seven years in prison, along with having to register as a sex offender for 20 more years. His wife sadly passed away while he was in prison, and we don't have any indication that since getting out, he's reoffended. We have looked at his registration. He continues to live in Kentucky, and as far as we can tell, has not reoffended. We attempted to reach out to Elliot to see if he would talk to us about all that's happened here, and we were unable to make contact. We are, however, close to getting some of the other predators I've caught to talk about their experiences, and there are some who've turned their lives around, and I want to hear about that too. I will keep you posted, and as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we will have Dr. Stephanie Simmons and Brian Simmons on very soon, and I think you'll find that fascinating. In the meantime, as you know, I like to hear from you, and I listen to all the comments and questions sent in. This week's question is from Michael in Westfield, New Jersey. Hi, Chris. This is Michael from Westfield, New Jersey. First of all, I want to give you a great big thank you for all of the good work that you do for our community, keeping us safe. My question for you is, do you think that there are folks that you've busted throughout your career that have perhaps been underrated in terms of their danger? For instance, in my home state, you busted a gentleman by the name of John Donnelly, who several folks in the TCAP community have felt that he might not have been as much of a threat as one would believe. I actually take the opposite view and feel that he was perhaps more dangerous than he let on. So my question to you is, would you agree with that statement? And also, are there others that would perhaps fit that category? Thank you, Michael. It's a good question because there have been some moments during all the investigations and and even in the ones we're doing right now that are humorous. There's no way to get around that. Darkly humorous, but humorous. And the case you bring up, John Donnelly is one of those. John was a younger fellow, 21 years old, who was there to meet a young girl. This was in our Jersey Shore investigation. And he was chatting with our on-site decoy, Casey Morrow. He talked about the Daily Show and wanting to be a broadcast journalist himself. And we're listening to all this. And I walk out and I ask him if he's ever been on television. And he says, no. And I said, well, this is one of those good news, bad news situations, John, because you're going to be on television, not just the way you had wanted to. And the cameras come out and ultimately John was found guilty in his lifetime parole supervision and registration as a sex offender. Now, what danger did he really pose to a child? Well, I think had I not been there and had there really been a child, there was a high probability of John having sex with that child. Now, you may say, well, he was only 21 and we've had guys show up who are 19, who we've talked about on this podcast and on television in the, in the investigations. And you may think, well, he's young, he can be rehabilitated, and that's probably true. But the reality is this, in my opinion, there is no less danger posed by a 19 or 21 year old raping a child or damage done 
than there is by a 38 or 48 or 58 or 68 year old man who is attempting to assault a child. I mean, what's the difference? The damage is the same. Maybe the younger guys deserve a chance at rehabilitation, but the damage is the same if the crime takes place. So I really don't feel that the younger guys should get a lot of slack. And I get heat for that on social media. I know I do. That maybe we're exploiting some of these younger guys. But the reality is, it's still a danger. And a 18-year-old, 19-year-old, 20-year-old poses no less risk than an older fellow in this situation. And there have been others, Michael, who have come off as dopey or intellectually challenged. The guy who showed up twice, first in Riverside and and uh, later in Long Beach, Michael Siebert, we profiled him. I think he was a real danger to a child. I mean, he act childlike himself, but here's a guy who did a year in jail for a violent assault. And he showed up twice in our investigations. So I think they're all dangerous. They may want to clown around or show up for the camera, but they're all dangerous. It's a good question, though, and one that we'll continue to talk about here on the the podcast. Michael, thanks for checking in. Once again, I encourage all of you to send me your questions, your audio questions, which you can do at chris at predatorpodcast.com. I also want to thank everybody who puts this podcast together. Steve Cohen, Joe Garner, Max here in the studio with me, Joey Teacap, and Skip Tracer, who have their own YouTube channels but are very good at uh, at digging up things and, and helping me along the way. And if you have any information about any of the predators I've caught, contact information or otherwise... You can send me that information at that same email address, chris at predatorpodcast.com. I'll see you next week. In the meantime, I'll be watching and listening.